to Beyond Well. I'm Sheila Hamilton, and this is a program for people who want to learn more about our interior lives. I have talked with so many people during quarantine who have been telling me about the kind of stress they had pre-COVID and how amplified it became by quarantine. That was because of the addition of helping kids remote learn. It was the addition of three or four meals a day, not just one or two. It was the addition of having to be on Zoom and somehow appear presentable in a way that we've never had to appear presentable before. And so this idea of toxic stress, which I always kind of associated with the office, was actually showing up in Pew studies and Kaiser Family Foundation interviews with remote workers and toxic stress and burnout is at an all-time high. And so I asked Dr. Polo to join us to talk about how we might be able to reclaim some balance as we begin this transition back to maybe kind of a different type of normal. Good morning, Dr. Polo. It's so good to see you. Hello, Sheila. How are you doing today? Good. Would you describe what you went through during quarantine at all as having more stress than you might have had pre-COVID? You know, um, the quarantine has been challenging for me. I'm a people person. Yeah. And my job involved meeting with a lot of folks. I did quite a bit of travel around the area that I'm responsible for. And all of a sudden that came to a grinding halt. I couldn't meet with people. I'm stuck on this laptop, which I am so sick of, by the way. Um, and I felt confined. I, I felt like I was not connecting to people. I also felt like I was less active. Mm. I also got irritated at just technology because, you know, half the time my laptop's not working correctly yeah. or the bandwidth is. So I didn't even realize it until I'd been doing it for about a month and a half. I, I was under a lot of stress with this change yeah. and there was no end in sight. And here we are a year later, I'm still doing it. <laughs> right. You know, what's fascinating to me is, first of all, and this is one of the areas that I didn't mention, and I think it, it's a big one. In workplaces, we all have the benefit of an IT guy, a person who's really good with computers, somebody who's willing to sort of lend that hand and say, hey, I can see you're frustrated. How can I help? And in the confines of our own home, we became our own engineering departments and IT and computer science. And I will tell you, for me personally, that probably was one of the biggest stressors of all, is that I felt completely alone because we were so isolated, and then completely alone that there was actually not even kind of tech support you could rely on. Right. R remember that stress is usually about being presented with something that creates some kind of threat or some kind of fear that you have to then respond to. And the challenge with this pandemic is that it has created a number of, of threats to us, okay, but they're sustained over time. Yeah. And so they're continual. And that kind of stress can really begin to build up. I, I have been talking with people about toxic stress, and I think everybody knows when they feel it. It's not the kind of stress that's sort of fight or flight and you get it out and whoo, that felt great. It's that sort of stuff that begins to make you feel oddly sick. So could you describe for us the difference between a good stress and when stress becomes toxic? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great way to look at it. So first of all, there is something called good stress. It's actually referred to as eustress. And basically, you have all that same excitement, both physical and emotional, but there's no threat, there's no fear. So, you know, examples of good stress, going on a vacation, getting married, starting a new job that you really wanted, having a child that you really want to have. So those are things that create stress, but generally it's welcome change that you really want that gets you excited. 
bad stress, which we more formally call distress, is those kinds of situations that present where there's a threat or some kind of fear that you now have to respond to. You have to do something to address it. And what folks, they know this, but sometimes they don't actually think about this. Stress creates both some physical body responses, but there's also some emotional components that go into it as well too. Now, when that stress is overwhelming and there are a couple different ways that it can be overwhelming, it can become toxic. It can become unhealthy. It it can actually lead to some very bad outcomes. So So, what are the things you should be looking for on both the physical and emotional side, Dr. Polo? What things should you be noticing about yourself? The signs and symptoms of stress do fall into basically two big categories. There are those physical symptoms. The physical symptoms are more like your heart rate uh, going up, Mm -hmm. feeling a little shortness of breath, heaviness in your chest. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, oftentimes people will complain of muscle aches in their neck and their back and their head and so forth. And that's because when you're responding to stress, you actually have hormonal changes that are going on. Your body is shifting how it uses its energy and resources so that you can physically actually handle whatever it is. And and sometimes stressors are physical stressors. The emotional stressors are a little bit different. Uh, The emotional stressors tend to be feelings of anxiety, uh, feeling overwhelmed, troubles with concentration, troubles with uh, worry, troubles with fear. You might get irritable. It's those emotional things. Now, most of these symptoms are are normal. And as soon as the stress is over, they go away. Mm -hmm. Now, when stress becomes toxic, and, and that can happen in a couple of different ways, your resources get overwhelmed and everything starts to fall apart. Toxic stress can be either a stress that is so severe that you're just overwhelmed Mm -hmm. or a stress that is frequent and repeated over and over, which will just chip away at you or stress that is just sustained that doesn't go away. So, Mm -hmm. you know, think about the pandemic. We, We started, you know, a year ago in March with this threat of this virus and it's been hanging over us a little less now that we have a vaccine out, which I think Mm -hmm. is creating a a light at the end of the tunnel for many people, but it was just sitting there kind of hanging over everybody for a long time. Mm -hmm. And depending on how you thought about it, and certainly depending on whether you experienced someone getting ill, really affected whether or not that stress became overwhelming. Yeah. You know, I'm so struck also by the additional component of unemployment and job layoffs and what that created in a fearful mind for people who were still working, which is I have to do things twice as fast, take on twice as much as work, be twice as responsible in order to keep the job that I have. It wasn't like a, okay, it's over and everybody else can relax. There was a a certain kind of employment stress here that I think was very unprecedented. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if you think about the average adult who is working, I mean, they're spending eight hours a day, you know, 40 hours a week uh, in their primary occupation. Uh, The only thing that we do more of is sleep, by the way. (laughs) Okay. So we spend most of our hours sleeping. Second chunk is at work. Okay. And work is central to so many things. Work provides for many of us a sense of meaning. 
who we are. It's about our self-esteem and what we can accomplish. It is also at its very basic level. It allows us to live our lives, to be able to pay for the things that we want or to be able to buy the things that we need, food, housing, and so forth. So very central. And if that gets threatened, it really cuts at the core of so many things that can create an enormous amount of stress. So Dr. Polo, does toxic stress ever turn into a mental illness? Can you have so much toxic stress that you develop major depression, that you develop anxiety or suicidal thoughts because of it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If you are under extreme amounts of stress over a long period of time, that can clearly lead to mental illness. You, You know, it's interesting. The easiest way to handle toxic stress is to either change the situation that's creating it or leave the situation. And the problem is very few of us are ever in a position to actually do that. You know, so if you're in a job, for example, that's creating an enormous amount of stress because of the company's leadership or your boss or whatever, um, yeah, you can leave and and that toxicity will go away. But now you have a whole new stressor, which is I need a new job and how am I going to pay for rent and so forth. So, you know, the reality is we don't often have available to us the ability to just walk away from it. Mm -hmm. So you got to think about, well, okay, how do I then handle the situation? And that's where it becomes challenging. And this is where I want, I think you're so brilliant in talking to people about first recognizing and then taking these small steps every single day to try to alleviate some of that. Why don't we go through some of the suggestions that you make to your clients? Well, you just highlighted the thing that is most important. The first is recognizing you're under stress and Mm -hmm. accepting the fact that it's a normal response and that there's nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step is actually recognizing it. The sad thing is very often we're lulled into toxicity without realizing it because, you know, the first stage is feeling euphoric, something's new and exciting. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you start to feel stagnant and frustrated. And before you know it, you're under chronic stress, which is more of that burnout. And presto, you're you're burned out. You don't even know it. So the, the first step is, first of all, recognizing, wait a second, I have some things going on in my life that are creating constant stress and I need to do something. Now, one of the first things that you can do, obviously, is are there any actions, actual actions that you can take to minimize exposure or, you know, proximity to that stress? And Mm -hmm. and sometimes there are some things that you can do. For example, if you're in a a very toxic job because of a particular person, Mm -hmm. there might be ways that you minimize your interaction with that individual and still get your job done. If it's about work schedule, there might be a way that you can be very clear about maintaining your boundaries. Hey, I'm I'm leaving work and I'm not going to answer that phone when it rings because I'm no longer working. So there are some actions you can take to minimize it. Another thing that folks don't often think about is asking others for help. We, mm-hmm. we tend to face these situations in, of stress where we think we have to do it all on our own. Sometimes just reaching out, sometimes even just connecting with people to letting them know you're under stress all by itself can be helpful. Yeah. But asking for help, hey, w- what would you do in my situation? How could you do this? Or could you help me? Hey, could you watch the kids? I mean, there's a, a hundred different ways that you can get help from other people and not feel so alone. Mm -hmm. And along with that, looking for new resources. Is there something you haven't ever done before that you could try doing that's new? Okay. Is there some kind of a a group or information or, or something that, that you haven't ever considered to try something new to handle what's going on? Okay. So those are kind of the basics. 
I love, I love, especially Dr. Polo, the idea of kind of, um, we're in a new situation right now. And I think as people begin this transition, if they establish the boundaries that they are going to need to continue to be great performers without appearing stubborn or, or princessy, <laughs> I think that um, the workplace itself might change to be a little bit more people-centric. You know, yes. that, that it's not just about us individually but this is actually about the kind of world we're going to create post COVID. And I hope that people are willing to bring a little bit of quarantine back with them. Not the bad parts, but the parts that maybe gave them more flexibility and the parts it, that said, you can turn off your camera if you're burned out, you know? Yeah, you, you know, it's interesting that the thing I haven't touched on, because remember that stress has both those physical components as well as those kind of emotional components. So, so one of the things that, that I didn't touch on, first of all, from the physical, piece is one of the things that you can do that you should always be doing is taking care of your body. Yeah. Eating well, sleeping plenty, you know, hydrating well, getting exercise and, and, and so forth. But the other thing is that from an emotional perspective, very often chronic stress is about having to adapt to some kind of a change. Mm -hmm. And so if you can embrace what that newness is going to be so that mm -hmm. you're accepting and kind of mm -hmm. adapting to it, that's better than resisting something that you can't change. You know, so for example, I, I was going to say, one of the things that I realized very early, we were talking earlier about work is I realized I can't change the fact that I have to do my work on, on a laptop. I so know. I'm just going to have to give up fighting that and just do it and, <laughs> and accept that it's okay. So. That's why I love acceptance and commitment therapy. You know, that, that <laughs> whole idea about them saying, yes, it sucks. And here we are. So why don't we just accept it and then figure out how we can deal with it? I, I do think one of the biggest pieces for me and understanding my own stress was actually making some time for mindfulness breaks. I've never become a great hour meditator, but I'm, it really helps me in extraordinary ways to five minutes before a Zoom meeting to sit and ground myself and breathe and think about what kind of energy I want to bring to what I'm doing. And I often have people say, I don't have time for that. And I ask them about their routines and inevitably there is one part of the day where they're just numbing out. They're so exhausted that they go home and they have their wine and maybe pick up some fast food and watch TV. And I want people to actually do that diary, Dr. Polo, that that activity diary so that you might be able to spot your own areas where you are numbing out because we love to numb out, man. It feels oh, yes. so good. And you know, you are pointing out something, Sheila, that is so important. You need to recognize that you're having stress and that you're in a situation that you don't like, but yeah. you also need time to reflect Yeah. what's happening. What are you learning? What can you do differently? And very often when we find ourselves in these stressful situations where we're just going, 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 and we think we have to keep going, 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 mm -hmm. one of the best things we can do is take a pause, step back mm -hmm. and reflect. Yeah. And begin to think about what's going on as a way to kind of, you know, adapt. Yeah. You know, when I was a television reporter, I saw some salespeople leaving on the lunch hour to go have lunch. And I was thinking, oh, how wonderful that would be 
to actually have a lunch hour. And I was beginning to have more and more anxiety because I was raising my daughter and having to leave her even when she was sick and working 10 to 12 hours a day. And I sat down with a therapist and he said, well, describe your day for me. And he's like, no wonder you're stressed. Are you joking me? And his whole idea was that I should leave my job. And to your point, Dr. Polo, there was no way I could leave my job. I was half of our family income. And so I love your approach about within the framework of what it is you're doing, find these little carve outs of awareness and then focus and concentration and reflection. And then even one tiny thing in a person's day can make such a huge difference. Well, and here's the other thing that you just highlighted and, and you gave it as an example, and maybe you don't even realize it, that if you take the time to reflect and yeah. think, sometimes, although you can't leave in the moment, you can plan in a way where you right. do leave, but <laughs> you do it in a way that makes sense. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I right? can't quit today, but I'm going to reflect <laughs> on a daily basis because I'll be leaving in a year when I have a new plan. I love that. I mean, honestly, if you are so stuck and you are so feeling overwhelmed, it may not be the right situation for you. Yes. And especially in your 20s and 30s, I have young people who I can just tell their jobs are making them sick. And I say, you don't quit today. You don't do that silly thing where you, you know, turn in your uh, retirement papers uh, prematurely, but you do start making a plan for a different kind of lifestyle. Right. And, and you know, the funny thing about it is sometimes that's a little frightening. Oh. And yet oftentimes my experience has been, I got over the fright. And presto, it turned out better than I thought it would. Right. I know. Yeah. It's so it's so wonderful to talk to you, Dr. Polo, because for the first time in my life, I'm in complete flow, uh, both in my work and my home life. And it's just been such a joy to actually share some of the rocky road that I've been on to actually get here, you know, and be sitting down with you. It's just wonderful. Well, you know, we were talking earlier, you and I, about how, how challenged we've all been. Uh, you know, under this current pandemic and how much of a relief it is that now that vaccination is out and there's kind yeah. of a light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm thinking about, okay, so six months from now, eight months from now, when we can maybe go to the grocery store without a mask, yeah. or maybe we can, you know, meet with friends without having to be six feet away. And it gives you that hope on yeah. what the future looks like. Yeah. And it's then that I realized, wow, this really has been a tremendous amount of stress. And now that I'm reflecting on it, well, what I've actually learned? Well, one of the things I've learned is how important it is to be connected just to other people. Right. Uh, you know, next episode, I hope we can take on, I'm seeing, especially on TikTok, where I hang out with a lot of really young people, that many people don't want to re-enter the old world. They do not want to go back to the office. They don't want to get back in traffic. They might be people who are not um, extroverted to begin with, so they were comfortable in their homes. And how we can speak to those people who are reluctant to rejoin the world, I think could be a really fun conversation to have. Yeah. You know, I would, I would say to you that there are some things that have changed. They're not going back. And in addition to that, not everything that's changed is necessarily bad either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it will be interesting to, to think about what's coming, but also to talk about it and help our listeners kind of think about it for themselves. And if you have any questions for that particular episode, please be sure to send them to me. You can find me at our website. And also, if you happen to be listening on a platform where you can give Beyond Well a review, we sure appreciate it. Dr. Polo, always good to see you again. We'll see you next week. Thanks a lot, Sheila. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bye.